Hello, and welcome to Quadrivia, the podcast that takes you a step beyond trivia and into the minds of the people who craft it. I'm Calvin with Footnote Trivia in San Francisco. I'm Jeff with RMT Trivia in Chicago. I'm Aaron with Orange Cat Trivia in Richmond, Virginia. And I'm Jeremy with Liquid Courage Entertainment in Chicago. How is everybody doing this week? I'm doing just fine, Jeremy. You know what I heard all the way at the beginning of this episode, 30 seconds ago? I heard the voice of Calvin. How you been, Calvin? I've been good. I've had a little break since I've last recorded. I was off uh, in Lake Tahoe, California, doing a little uh, outdoorsy things. And it's about time for me to get back into recording. <laughs> so I headed back to San Francisco and here I am. Nice, so what man. you're saying is you took this nice vacation while the rest of us hung around, right? <laughs> I still hosted my weekly trivia games, for better or for worse, up there. Uh, it's hard, like, trying to enjoy the outdoors and still write trivia questions. But uh, <laughs> So hopefully the quality of my questions are going to go up now that I'm not enticed by stand-up paddleboarding and mountain biking and all that fun stuff. Am I the only one that imagines Calvin in the middle of the woods, like with his laptop on this tree stump and like some kind of like random battery <laughs> pack off to the side, like trying to find the Internet with like a little like satellite dish to like solar powered laptop. <laughs> <laughs> no, how have you been, Aaron? I haven't seen you in a while. We've seen yeah. we miss each other on episodes. It's been a little bit. Um, the uh, the monument within stone's throw of my apartment was just named by The New York Times the most. Uh, shit, what was the wording? Like the most powerful piece of protest art since World War II. Like it's been in the news because it's become a rallying point. It's a big old Confederate statue that a bunch of people has re have repurposed. There's, it's a, it's a 60 foot high statue, 20 feet of guy on horse, 40 foot of plinth. The plinth is covered in graffiti and it's in a circle in the middle of a big intersection. And the, the circle is grass. There's bands are there all the time. There's like, community garden there's a local art shop will come and set up screen printing on saturdays there's music there's just it's so much life and vibrancy there and it all started in the wake of the george floyd's murder um it became a, a rallying point for protests and and all sorts of you know police tear gassing protests and stuff there and it's become this this really cool community space and it's it was neat to see that um in the new york times because they're, they're talking about my, my neighborhood like that's i can see that that's where i live it's it's been really cool to be a part of all that yeah weird as is like that has been something that we've seen here in the news mm -hmm. in chicago um yeah. and it's like wow you you can see that from your house I, yeah i can <laughs> yeah. see it from a porch it's pretty cool but yeah no that's that's pretty awesome i mean like to see something that you know goes from like through the whole stages of transition from what it was through um you know violence and defacing and everything and then through to what it's become now it's almost like a beacon yep and it's you know for anyone listening if you hear about it and you get told that it's violent and scary like apparently my parents who live out in the suburbs are hearing that people are scared to come into town to eat at the restaurants because of the violence it's a load of bullshit don't believe it come visit <laughs> come check it out if even if you're not in the area come see because it's a really cool space there's a neat neat vibe about it all so could not recommend it enough don't believe what they're telling you on the news as a person who lives near Chicago, and I think Jeff can attest to this too. <laughs> yeah, I hear you guys on, are all on fire. Yeah, we're we're burning. Apparently, everything's burning yeah. down, and uh, there there's violence everywhere. And you will get definitely murdered if you go anywhere near the city. I've been murdered <laughs> twice this week, so it's <laughs> definitely it's rough. murdered. It's rough. Oh man, <laughs> it's 
it's kind of funny because we're, we're kind of making light of this, but at the same time, it kind of almost fits in with our roundtable topic this week. Uh, so I think I'm just going to transition us over uh, because we had this awesome uh, email we received um, and a great suggestion from uh, Judge JP. And he asked, how do you handle topics or persons that are sticky subjects? I would say this is one of those sticky subjects, or at least it can be, especially if asking about it in a show. Um, but he then went on to list a bunch of examples in the email, some of which I have a feeling we're probably going to hit on. Um, so I'm putting it forward to everybody here for the roundtable. How do you handle sticky situations or sticky subjects in your games? Carefully. Okay. <laughs> Kid gloves. Yes. And I think that's probably what, as we sort of touch on the different subtopics, this is what we're going to circle back to, is it's about mindfulness and you know, reading the room and paying attention to what's going on. And um, just to, to be a little bit clear, we, we aren't talking about like toffee or tar <laughs> or the pitch drop experiment. We're talking about things that make people uncomfortable because there's a whole breadth of information out there that we can draw from and we have to choose how we draw and why. And one of the things that we use to choose is what might upset people and what might upset us. So that is what we're going to talk about today. So. Calvin, I was going to say, Jeremy and I live uh, very in close enough proximity that our crowds are probably, uh, I'd wager, very similar in demographic and kind of thing that we would avoid. So I want to hear from you guys first before Jeremy and I uh, check into that one. So Calvin, what are the topics that you avoid in your games? Yeah, uh, I could comment a little about that. So I live in San Francisco. Uh, arguably one of the liberal capitals of the United States. And it's interesting because I think my demographic also probably skews heavily liberal. They're very progressive and they care a lot about uh, civil rights. So even though I have this platform for, you know, having kind of this singular-ish political view, I still don't really ask any politics questions and um some of it stems from me not following politics as much as i think i should and some of it kind of stems from just i'm tired of it you know like it's i i feel like some people use trivia as an escape from what's going on and yeah. i also don't want to necessarily reward people for keeping up to date with the latest political nonsense that's going on uh do just floating out to everyone else, like, since we already breached kind of politics, do you ask politics questions? I personally don't, um, unless it's, uh, like, 40 years ago or more. When politics turns into history. Yeah, once it's history, <laughs> I'm okay with it. But um, generally, I just try to avoid it because even though um, my, my crowd situation is similar to yours, uh, you know, Illinois is definitely a blue state and I live near the bluest section of the, well, I guess once you go further south, it gets kind of purple and then turns red. But near Chicago, it's a pretty democratic liberal area. And so uh, even though it'd be easy to ask political questions that would maybe make some people happy, uh, I agree with you. I think that with things as tumultuous as they are currently, it just doesn't make sense to do so. Um, but yeah, I I stick away from from politics. Yeah, I would say for me, it's it's pretty much the same way. I did make 
almost a mistake once. Um, I, I have a very diverse bar where my main show is. Um, and so it was right before everything shut down. I want to say it was like the end of February. I asked a question. Um, and this is as close as I've ever gotten to asking about current sub or current pol- political uh, topics. And it was um, what did I do with it? Uh, anyway, it was basically what quote unquote author's book went virally popular when comedians replaced the book cover with Daddy, Please Love Me as the title. God. And I started looking around the room like, oh, this might not be good because I thought it was funny. <laughs> and I started getting a little bit nervous. And then um, the answer being uh, Donald Trump Jr. wrote his book, but they, uh, they had like, gone to like a Barnes and Noble and replaced all the book covers with a fake book sleeve. <laughs> With him looking really sad, and it said, Daddy, please love me. Um, and I showed the picture, so I pulled it up and like threw it up on the TV really quick, like after the round, because it's kind of like getting kind of stares from people at the bar, like, how dare you make son- make fun of uh, Trump's son? And then they they busted out laughing when they saw it, because it was actually really funny. Um, and then I'm like, okay, that's as close as I've ever gotten to politics in this room, and that is not happening again. <laughs> you definitely get a heart rate spike. And I think that's something that... Jeff kind of touched on it and you, you did as well. All three of y'all really did. It's like, yeah, I think my, my players are pretty liberal. Like I know in my normal, especially now that I'm, I'm able to, to stream online and I have a bunch of people that I know personally playing. I have, you know, a bunch of LGBTQ people. I've got some, some uh, black and indigenous people, color people. I've got, you know, non-white, non-men playing my game all over the place. But there's also, you know, this couple that shows up at the brewery. I don't know them. I don't know that they're liberal. And it, as a as a business owner and entertainer, it feels like I can't make these assumptions. At the yeah. same time, I'm not going to and this is something that I've I've leaned into more. When I started, I had a pretty hard and fast rule about not well, when I started I had no rules. <laughs> and then I asked a question where uh it was back when the AP style guide basically said stop calling them alt right, call them Nazis or whatever the exact quote was. But um, the question I asked was, instead of calling them alt-right, you should call them what? And a lot of people wrote like Trump supporters or Nazis or whatever. And I, I forget the exact answers I was getting, but the answers I was getting at the time I was reading out a lot of my wrong answers were were equating Trump supporters to Nazis, which in 2016 was a slightly warmer take than it is these days. And <laughs> I became aware as I'm reading these answers and and people are like, you know, shouting out joke answers at me that... I didn't want to be in a position where I was facilitating that kind of of treatment of conversation of of political like divisive conversation, and that was when I created my no politics rule. Uh, I think I do differ from you, gentlemen, in that I do a current events round every week, and I I do it on purpose. Like I have complete control over the structure of my game, and I still do it. And that's because when I started doing that in like 2017, it wasn't as heartbreaking to read the news as it is now. Uh-huh. And every now and then I, I kick myself and I wonder why I do it. And I do it because in terms of fact gathering, it's, it's pretty straightforward. It's easier than a lot of other topics. But um, one of the rules that I, I made for myself that night is I don't ask political questions. I don't ask questions that would encourage that kind of, of irrelevant and potentially hurtful rabble rousing. And I have relaxed that a little bit. And a big part of the reason is because I've had Rob on board, who y'all heard a couple weeks ago. Um, and he, he will toe the line a lot closer than I will. And I was getting really positive feedback about it. So 
I've started nosing in that direction, but I still every week, and you'll hear some questions to that effect later. Every week, I ask 10 questions that are not overtly political and not super depressing, which means shit gets weird because you got to dig deep sometimes. (laughs) I commend you for finding every week potentially 10-ish questions that are not politics and slightly uplifting. That seems way harder than just writing a normal question. <laughs> some nice. days or some weeks can be the most exhausting part of my week. And honestly, a couple of weeks ago, I just threw a shoe. It was like, I can't fucking do it. I think it was the week after uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. I couldn't find 10 things. And I was getting so anxious and stressed and sad trying that instead I did a this week in history and everyone just had to deal with it because <laughs> no rules. You're the oh, one with the microphone. <laughs> exactly. I will say I I avoid politics specifically in, you know, uh, if I if the wording would put a party or a person at in, in some poor light. But um, just like everything else, there is a way that you can talk about those things where it doesn't um, put it into that sticky category. So uh, I'm I said that I wanted to re-mention this because uh, every year. Uh, close to whenever we have elections, I always ask a question that has something to do with elections in some capacity. Um, like I think it was last year, uh, Taylor Swift had tweeted the vote.org link and like 200,000 people signed up immediately to vote that had never signed up before or registered to vote. Um, so I asked a question about that. And then I said, do your part go to vote.org if you're not already registered or make sure you're registered, you know, like something like that, like a little PSA, but it wasn't, I didn't say also support the parties that I support and the people that I support. I didn't make anybody feel uh, outnumbered or separated from the rest of the group. You know what I mean? Like what Aaron was saying, you don't know what everybody playing or everybody in the bar feels and you don't want to put them on the, in this weird pedestal spotlight. Um, But I, 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 I think that if you approach sticky topics specifically in a way to educate or uh, shed some light on a topic, I think that they could be they could work well in your favor. It's it's a thin line to walk, but it can be done. I mean, I, I mean, you guys have examples of that too, I'm sure. This is something I actually thought about a lot as I was not asking politics questions. And I I kind of came to this point of view that in maybe this applies to politics, but also a little bit outside of that in other categories. But I don't I ask a fixed number of questions and I, I'm not going to waste a question or airtime on someone that I think is a bad person. You know, even if it's making fun of that person, I still don't want like the best thing you could do about these kind of people is not give them some platform or publicity. And I just personally like, like I disagree with like making fun of people, even when they mess up, because that's kind of what they want you to do. They want you to talk about this person. The mainstream news talks about this person or whatever happened. So I agree with you, Uh, you know, getting out to vote. There's nothing fun. Like I think most American loving individuals would agree that voting is a very important thing. And I don't think I think that's a good thing to emphasize. And I'm more than happy to give airtime for that cause, regardless of what affiliation you are with. But yeah, so I just come kind of come from this perspective of like, 
I don't want to give airtime to people or things I dislike, even if it would be calling them negative. If there's nothing positive you can take from this, then why am I asking a new question? And that's a good rule of thumb, I think. Don't don't platform people just for the sake of it. And don't, like you both said, like don't put people on the spot. Don't call them out. I will, as a caveat to the whole encouraging people to vote thing, I, for a long time, this was a, a dual get out the vote and also social media boost campaign. I'd say if you, you're going to take an I voted selfie because everyone is, what's even the point of voting if you don't take a <laughs> selfie with your sticker? So, you know, so if you're going to do that, uh, tag Orange Cat Trivia in it and I'll work out a way to give you guys bonus points. I'm not doing it this season because everyone's been, vo- like voting is kind of scattershot lately. Um, but I did tell anyone if they needed help getting registered to vote or getting to vote, like if you're in my area, call me, I'll leave work, I'll give you a ride, whatever we need, like, let's get people going. And that is an example, I think, and I'm glad to hear all of us are using it of like, I have a platform and by God, I can use it for good and not just for goofing off. Yeah. Uh, and I'll just echo that since we do have the platform. Uh, if you're not registered to vote, uh, most states still have a few more days to do so, uh, some more than others. I think Illinois, you can still register on the day to vote um, at the polling place. but most states are not like that. So get out there. Vote.org, uh, as Jeff said, is a great uh, resource to do that. Uh, there's other ones out there. If you look on any social media platform, the top banner on almost everyone is how to get registered to vote. Uh, it's super important. And to not get too far into a uh, tirade here, um, if you're tired of hearing about voting for the lesser of two evils, if we didn't have over 100 million people who didn't vote every election, that wouldn't be the case. Uh, because more people will be voting for people that they want in office. So saying, hey, I like that person. Oh, they didn't win. Oh, well. Um, get out there and vote and vote local. Like, vote in your local elections. You want to see some good people up there on the national level. Get them into office. Get them going. Uh, and, you know, help with their campaigns. But at the the biggest thing is just vote. Get out there and vote. So, Unless you're in Virginia and haven't registered, in which case you're out of luck because the deadline was yeah. Friday. But <laughs> I'm going to change gears. Let's talk about Hitler. Or <laughs> I'm going to call out Calvin because this came up the last time we recorded and mm-hmm. you made some comment about, I don't even know what you said, but it inspired both myself and Rob who were on that recording to try and sneak Hitler into every game we do. <laughs> and I think that this dovetails in that, you know, he, he's been dead for a long ass time. And uh, I think the trick to not, not current events politics, not the politics that are, you know, ruining our lives today, but things that ruined people's lives a long time ago doesn't devalue the, the ruining of people's lives, but it does become historical. And, um, you know, for me personally, I feel like the farther away, there's a statute of limitations, right? The farther away you get from something, the, the easier it is to ask about it, as long as you're not asking, like, your question is, what about all the good things Hitler did? You know, you have to be <laughs> mindful of that. But how do y'all personally and professionally, obviously, like, how do you take the things that have happened in the past that were horrific and use them as question fodder, do you and how? Well, for starters, Hitler killed Hitler, so that's one good thing he did. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do agree with you. I think it's history. The importance of history has always been how do you learn from it to make the present and the future better? And that means learning from mistakes, and that means learning from potentially bad things that happened. Um, and I'm just coming back to this thing. I just the rule of thumb more so than like uh, not giving bad people a platform is there has to be something positive to take away from a question or the answer to a question. And it same thing with kind of the like the horrors of kind of the Holocaust, right? Like there's a lot of kind of really motivationally good and 
um, resiliency of the human spirit. And there's a lot of uh, people who help rescue and save a lot of uh, peoples who were going to be prosecuted, persecuted. And I think they're the type of people we should bring to the public's attention. So that's kind of my angle. If there's something horrible going on, there's a lot of good people and good things that happened in the face of those horrors. And I definitely echo that. Usually when I uh, when it comes down to stuff like that, whether it be politics or uh, when asking a direct question or about you're talking about with horrible acts in history, uh, find the people who did good um, and make sure their names don't get forgotten in history. Uh, and what they did doesn't get forgotten. Uh, and that's always really good trivia fodder, I think, is, you know, uh, you can ask about Anne Frank. Uh, that's a big topic when it comes to the Holocaust era. You can uh, ask about, uh, now my brain isn't going to work, but <laughs> one of the many people who um, helped hide uh, the Holocaust uh, survivors, or at least people trying to hide before getting caught. Um, you can... Uh, Talk about, and I'm I forgot her name too. I mean, I should have come prepared for this one. Um, the there, I asked a question about this too, and I'd have to search for it. But there was a um, Jewish girl who was pretending to not be, and was working at a club, and was literally murdering Nazis. She was taking them back as if she was a prostitute and killing Nazis. Oh God. <laughs> Um, that uh, seems hard to word into a trivia question, yeah. but uh, it for, is a uh, fun that, that's the uh, that's the quick recap of it. But it's like she was a person who literally saved who knows how many lives because she was waiting for them to come to town, and every time they tried to come to this one town, uh, her and one or two other people were uh, pretending to be prostitutes at this bar and taking them out like one at a time. I think um, going back to going back to what Calvin said about the the good or the bad that you take away from a question um i'm hesitant to even mention people or or subjects or names uh in a light where even if they are the the butt of the joke like we were saying before um with very few exceptions and and one cropped up this last week where i'm okay asking the question the question that i asked i had around about uh mel brooks movies and the question was, what was the name of the destined to fail play put on by the producers that became a smash hit? And the the whole play's name is Springtime for Hitler, a gay romp with Ava and Adolf in Erstegarden or something. It's a really long name, but it it kind of puts a historically very evil person in a silly light. And I think because the movie itself did such a good job of that. I don't feel bad talking about that. Whereas uh, if anybody's familiar with how awful the internet is, there's a story about a Mountain Dew campaign where you could vote on the name of the next Mountain Dew. Uh, and that was uh, it. The, the name that was voted the most was something awful involving Hitler that won because the internet is awful. And I wouldn't ask that second question because it doesn't leave you. It, it, it is amusing to the point to think of how awful people are but i don't want the final takeaway to be people are awful on the internet you know so it, it, it's it, it's like um aaron you'll know who this was but i think it was justice stewart who said the i don't i can't tell you what it is but i know pornography oh, when, when i, I see it, it. yeah, yeah. It, it's that kind of situation for for each time if i have an idea for a question 
but I feel like it's on the fence. I just won't ask it. I just, I'll, I'll just come up with something else or, or come at it from a different direction that avoids the, the people or places or scenarios I don't even want to mention out loud. Back to reading the room and knowing your audience. And also yeah. you, you, rem- you reminded me of, I, I did ask a question about this when it happened. The, uh, the Microsoft chatbot named Tay that was released into the wild of the internet and within oh like God. less than 24 hours was a Nazi sex bot. <laughs> so yeah, the internet's a terrible place. Uh, oh yeah. I remember that. Um, and Jeff, what you said also made me think of, uh, I have asked a couple questions that did involve uh, Hitler as either the answer or in the subject. And one of them was Godwin's law. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And, um, and that was a way to include it, basically bringing up Hitler in a light that wasn't like, Oh my God, all the bad things he did. It was so Godwin's law states as an online discussion grows longer, the probability of comparing people to what approaches one. Yeah. Um, and that would be Nazis or Hitler is actually the answer to that one. Um, Mm -hmm. basically a longer discussion goes on. And as you can see on Facebook on almost any day, the longer discussion goes and the longer the the thread goes on, eventually somebody's going to mention Hitler or Nazis. No, we we've talked this is going to sound weird but we've talked at length about hitler here what what are your guys thoughts on other political leaders that are in the same reign or in the same vein like pol pot idi amin where they are legitimately fairly i shouldn't say unknown but they're decent enough trivia questions if you word them properly um do you think that once a political figure starts literally killing their own people and others by the thousands that you just don't talk about them anymore? Or is there, is there like a critical limit of what a person has to do? Like, uh, for, for me, I, I kinda, if it's not about Hitler or world war two atrocities, like I generally give it a little bit of a wider range to be okay with. Like I've asked questions about Idi Amin and Pol Pot before, no problem, without even really questioning whether or not I should. Yeah, I think though, in the at least in the situation I've done that would be um, like Time Magazine covers, like Person of the Year. Yeah. Um, you know, I think one was uh, what infamous European leader. Uh, Don the cover of Time magazine, not once, but twice in 1939 and 1942. Um, And a lot of the room guessed Hitler as we were talking about that, but it's actually not. That was Joseph Stalin. Uh, Khrushchev was in uh, 1957. Uh, Ayatollah Khomeini was in 1979. And there's been others um, where they went on to. I mean, we all know uh, just the atrocities and everything, but they were time person of the year. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because of what they had done at the time where it seemed like, oh, this is going to be an important person. Oh, yeah, we're right. They're important. Ooh, hindsight. <laughs> and I think it, it depends a lot on how you couch it. Um, and you, you raise a good point. Like I, I used to have um, Chris Brown on my playlist until someone pointed out that he's, he's a big old piece of shit and he's not on my playlist anymore. And we need to be able to be nimble. I think one of the things just as a trivia host in general, we need to be able to gracefully be wrong because god knows we're wrong all the time not as often as our players but we're wrong a lot and being able to have someone come up to you and say hey you asked this question and i've had people say this you asked this question about this guy did you know he's a real piece of shit i'm like oh shit i didn't know and now i know and thank you and i'll make an effort to correct myself and i think it it circles back to 
and I think we all probably agree on this, that we, we have this platform, we have this responsibility to handle content carefully and respectfully and also in a way that educates. Like one of the things that I do is I will ask um, when all the protests were kicking off, I asked 10 questions about shit we didn't learn in school because I think especially us white folks are learning a lot of things that we did not know about because we just never were exposed to it. I asked 10 questions about that. And I started off by saying, these are things that you're probably not going to know and you're going to feel like an asshole for not knowing. And that's the point. And if you're not okay with that, you know, then go. And, and again, I, I think I know my audience wants to be able to get away with that, but it, it works the same in terms of world leaders that aren't Hitler that did things that are as bad as Hitler. Just because we didn't learn about them doesn't mean we shouldn't talk about them. And if we have the ability to say, hey, y'all, we're not going to ask about Hitler because Hitler's so 1942, but yeah. we are going to talk about this guy. Here's someone you've never heard of, but, you know, he was also a shithead and now you know about him. You can take it out of a sticky topic that is going to make people uncomfortable and into now you know something and we're all better for it. But it is a delicate balance and I do not always hit the mark. What you said about balance really stands out to me because I feel like being a trivia host and coming up with questions is this constant push and pull from all these different forces, right? So like you mentioned about what do you, how do you find the line between educating your audience and still referencing things they might know? How do you find the balance between, you know, um, like potentially bringing tension or glorifying something bad to educating someone for that very reason. And I think it's deep down, we know ourselves. And I think that if we go in with the intention of from, or if we come at a question from a good place and we make a concerned effort to kind of be sensitive and be aware of how a question might go over, then, yeah, with that mindset in mind, we can definitely kind of allude to these events. Um, and it, it's, it's tough. That's all I really have to say. Like, um, and I think also it comes down to personal preference as well in a lot of ways. Aaron, you mentioned earlier that you don't play Chris Brown. I agree with you. I haven't played a Chris Brown song in the entirety of the trivia that I've hosted. But I'll still play Kanye West songs and someone could be like, how come you're supporting that crappy person? And the simple answer is I like Kanye West more than I dislike Chris Brown. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like Chris Brown a lot. So it's like, right, like I if someone's like, you really shouldn't play Kanye West. I'd be like, that's a really good. I can't disagree with you. And at the end of the day, like I'm I can't shy away from everything. And we do kind of draw the lines personally and i i do want to just mention that it's it's arbitrary and it's going to vary from host to host yeah thing is if we avoid everything that might make someone angry we would never it's like the same reason you can't boycott everything where someone in the organization sucks if you did that you'd never consume anything ever again yeah and uh, oh i have one more comment about your uh, mountain dew poll and this is something that i think i can say with absolute that would go over well don't be edgy I, yeah. I, I really strongly dislike trivia people who are edgy and i feel like there's been a slight increase as things have moved online because everyone or online has a tendency to be edgy but like i'm not gonna like i'm not gonna do that 
And I don't think it's a good call to be edgy and trivia. So you don't need to be hitting people with these like hot takes left and right. It's you could dial it back a little. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of those where it comes back to being self-aware. Um, if you're, if you're writing this question particularly to get a rise out of some people, it's probably not a good question. Now, if you're writing a question to make people laugh, that might be a whole different thing. But uh, again, where I was going with that book thing earlier, um, but then realizing as I read it until they realized I was trying to make them laugh, I was really uncomfortable for a couple of minutes because of, like I said, a couple of people that play it, that show. <laughs> yeah. Like, ooh, I'm going to piss them off. Uh, not my intention. Let me show that picture really quick. Otherwise, this is not going to end well. Please laugh. Please laugh. Please laugh. Yeah, please, laugh <laughs> please laugh. Please laugh. And I will say, as far as the don't be edgy thing, there is, I would, I would submit there is an entire national trivia brand that has made their name off trying to be edgy and they hold a big trivia event every year and we all go to it, but their brand is frustrating <laughs> for that reason. Yep. And uh, yep. they don't pay people. Um, <laughs> that's a whole different oh, that's right. Though. That's right. I forgot. Sorry. Um, that's, that's all the industry shade I'm going to throw. <laughs> um, but coming back to um, just other topics that we talk about or people we don't talk about, um, in the email, he had mentioned how he doesn't bring up uh, Orson Scott Card or J.K. Rowling at his shows anymore. And I think this is interesting uh, to kind of hit on as well. Now, I was a big Ender's Game fan. Uh, I've read most of the series and did not know how horrible of a person Orson Scott Card is. Um, I feel bad. Yeah, real bad. And I learned that in the past like year and a half. Like I did not know that before that until I started, you know, somebody's like, you know, he's done. It's kind of the same thing. Like, you know, he's kind of a crap person, right? And, uh, uh, I, he is. OK. Uh, and I looked into it. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, he really is. So I stopped asking about Ender's Game or anything like that because it was a big pop culture thing for a while. And even people who aren't necessarily huge sci fi fans know of this book, uh, know of this author. Um, and as we found out recently uh jk rowling isn't the best person in the world i mean it seemed like she was she gives a crap ton of money to charities particularly for battered women and things like that which is fantastic uh, but some of her other views are not exactly up to speed with uh, current society uh let's leave it at that but th this is where we get into that uh kind of topic i kind of want to transition to in this is jk rowling specifically wrote the harry potter series we all know that Harry Potter is a gigantic cultural oh, oh, phenomenon. Hold on. hold on. I don't know that. As far <laughs> as I know, all of the books fell from the heavens, completely written and <laughs> the author, and they are lovely stories without a magical author in any capacity. They're, they magically appeared via magic. I, I mean, as funny as that is to joke no. about, and I think it is funny, uh, at the same time, like... you. We, yeah. How a trivia host, I mean, Harry Potter trivia night, as an example, we've talked about theme nights. That's going to be one of your biggest draws if you ever do it. Yeah. Would you never host another, uh, because of how she horrible she is, would you never host another Harry Potter trivia night? Could. I would never host another Harry Potter trivia night, but not because of hers, because I hate theme nights where I'm overwhelmed with people that know way more than I do. <laughs> I fair. think the, the question, and the question you're asking, I think, is whether and to what extent we divorce the content from the content creator and smarter minds than I have gone round and round about that. And for me personally, it's like, like I asked, asked a question about JK Rowling a couple of weeks ago, because I did a, uh, a round based on a list of books that are getting banned and Harry Potter books get banned because they use magic, magic. and magic is evil. Right. Not because the author's a turf piece of trash, but I was able to sneak that in. Um, but it does, you know, for me personally, again, I hope I never have to do another Harry Potter trivia night, but if I do, the question for me becomes, 
is what I'm doing benefiting her? Is it benefiting me? Is it benefiting her? If you want me to do an Orson Scott card trivia night, I'll ask about all of the books. But if that any of that publicity or money or anything is going back to him, then then it becomes more of a moral quandary for me. And that's where I draw the line personally. That night, I hate theme nights, and I cannot say it enough. Are you, I think. Comes at, are you benefiting the creator? Uh, sorry, Jeff. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you I, off. I was going to say. I I think. Um, and I don't know if he's mentioned it on the podcast, but uh, right when that news happened, right when she started saying all sorts of awful shit. Jason had a Harry Potter theme night scheduled like that weekend, yeah. like right after. Yeah. And so he did a brilliant, uh, a brilliant thing. And I don't know the exactitudes of what he did, but he held the game as normal. But he, I believe he had it. Was he, it was co-hosted or guest hosted by somebody from the trans community uh, or someone to raise awareness. And basically yes. here's all these questions. Also, the stuff she says is awful, and here's someone to tell you how awful that is. Also, but like not in a way that it forced it. It just raised awareness on why what she said is awful. But we could also enjoy the books. I thought that that was a really, really positive way to deal with an awful, awful situation in terms of just the timing of how things worked. Uh, I thought that that's it, you know we we have to try and use our platform when we can i you know i don't want to say always platform always 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 because then you get preachy and then people you know don't go anymore but when an opportunity like that presents itself you got to do something and he definitely he handled that really well because i mean i remember those tweets broken i'm like what the lady this is a fucking unforced error what are you doing yeah, and then it was like right under that was a, a copy of her tweet was a post about Jason's game. I'm like, oh no, but yeah, that's <laughs> you know sometimes you got to roll with it, and I think he did a remarkable job. And that's an instance where, like you said, don't be preachy, but you have the platform, use yeah. it. And don't you know? I'm not going to hamstring myself because she sucks. Yeah, yeah, I, and oh, I, I think I that, yeah, I, I and I think that that also falls into the aforementioned pornography rule, <laughs> where it's like. Is there a way to do this? Like considering what you said about who it's benefiting and how it's going to affect your day-to-day trivia business and stuff. I, I, I think that there are multiple avenues for us to approach different things and they all kind of require a little bit of different thought and different directions, but uh, it, it's, it's part of what is really kind of difficult about hosting that, you know, made us want to do this podcast in the first place. Like all these weird things that we have to deal with that people don't really know about. Don't be mean to us. We're trying. (laughs) Uh, Well, not only that, actually kind of funny, just side tangent on that was like, when we started this, we were all like, are we going to have enough topics to cover multiple (laughs) episodes? Like what's there? And as we go on, we actually keep getting more topics than we, stuff that we never thought of comes up. And this was, that's why we love this email. Uh, so definitely a big thanks to JP on that was just, this is a great topic to hit on a uh, very particular, you know, how do you handle this? And uh, obviously we, even within that, we all handle it differently in certain situations and everything. And I, I think this has been a great discussion. And uh, before we move too far beyond that, uh, let's try to throw out anything else that uh, we haven't talked about. What is something that um, either is a sticky topic or things you tend to avoid because of, things like uh, your knowledge base or they're really obscure, things like that. So you could rapid fire a few things. So 
events where a lot of people died, you know, that's kind of a downer. You don't want to mention about like massacres or genocides or like, or if you do, you have to be more careful. I should phrase it that way. But yeah, yeah, maybe not. They're not necessarily sticky situations. They're important history, but you don't want to bring them up all the time. (laughs) And so we all talked about kind of like things that are touchy, but I just want to propose a really simple question, which is, okay, so you have all these subjects and you're not quite sure about them. Is it really that hard to write? another question like are you so pressed like i think if you're on the fence about being like eh, is this okay to ask yes or no it's probably pretty easy to just find a different question so if, i i'm kind of in the mindset of if you're even on the fence or you're like i wonder if people will react to this positively it's okay to just swap it out if you don't right like there's nothing saying that you have to ask a question about the subject I mean, my response to that is going to be that, you know, there are some some weeks when I can barely get across the finish line with the topics I have. But you're right. Like I was saying a minute ago about J.K. Rowling and Unforced Errors, like I I have complete creative control over my game. I don't have to ask anything I don't want to. And if it comes down to it and I can't come up with the 10th question, I say to my audience, tell me something good that happened to you this week. And everyone gets points. And, you know, you you make a really good point. Like we don't, we don't have to make people uncomfortable. We have ways that we can navigate these topics, but at the end of the day, we can just choose not to. Yeah. And that's great. Very true. <laughs> um, well, with that, then I think we're going to wrap up our round table here and uh, move into, uh, as you said, asking different questions uh, with this week's keyword challenge. Um, so again, thank you hugely to uh, JP for that email and really sparking a good discussion. Uh, Thanks, we appreciate JP. it. Uh, if you would like to uh, send us a discussion topic or keyword challenge, which we're about to get into, you can do that at quadriviapod at gmail.com. Um, and you can vote on those at quadriviapodcast.com after we've asked the questions for the keyword, which we're going to go to now. And uh, because of his uh, fantastic email topic, he, JP had also submitted a keyword. Uh, so instead of doing it random like we normally do, I decided that it uh, – and everybody can boo me if that's the case. But I'm like, you know what? Yep. This is a good one. Uh, and I think it would be great for us to write about. We have not really – we have not looked into it or anything ahead of time. It was just at the end of the email and I'm like, I'm going to throw that in and then we'll figure it out when we get to it. So uh, this keyword again is from Judge JP in Roanoke, Virginia. And the keyword he suggested this week for us is mobile. M-O-B-I-L-E. So that can go in a lot of different directions. There's a lot of things happening. There's a lot of, uh, uh, my uh, brain is going nine different directions right now. Yep, exactly. And I'm already having trouble thinking of something directly (laughs) to write about. But we're going to take 10 minutes. Uh, You're going to hear some porn music and Jason talking to you, who's not on the show this week, but he always has to have his voice in there somewhere. So why not over the porn music? (laughs) All right, so we're going to take 10 minutes, guys. We'll be back uh, in those 10 minutes. Uh, We are going to write each of us the best question we can think of that includes the word mobile, either in the question or the answer. So we will be back in just a few. Hey everyone, Jason here. While the host and I step away to think about our keyword challenge, we just wanted to remind you, you can check us out online at QuadriviaPod on Twitter. On Facebook, just search for Quadrivia Podcast. And you can always email us at QuadriviaPod at gmail.com. We're always happy to hear from you. And now, back to the show. Uh, 
And we're back with some questions. But before we get to our questions, quick shout out to JP. Uh, he also hosts a trivia podcast, as I suspect many of you do. His is called Geek Bracket. It's a lot of fun, a lot of wagering. I was on it. Um, and I'm not going to give any spoilers away except to say that I, it is not representative of my normal trivia playing ability. <laughs> or is it? It's called Geek Bracket. Uh, JP hosts a great game. I would definitely recommend che- checking it out. He's an awesome dude. Uh, but enough about him. Let's talk about me and my question. I'm going to start if it's all right with you guys. Fine with me. That's fine with me. Cool. All right. The NHL has the Stanley Cup. What is the name of the championship trophy for the AHL? It is named for the first president of the NHL. It was first awarded in 1937 to the Syracuse Stars and, despite the similarity, has nothing to do with the 20th century American sculptor who is best known for his large kinetic mobiles. Hmm. You threw me for a loop, Mike. It's going to be something mobile. Something mobile. Something. Now she said it in the question. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and you said AFL, right? AHL, American oh, Hockey a- League. American Hockey League. Yeah, sorry, that is an important distinction. I may have said AFL. It's been okay. a long weekend, but uh, <laughs> yeah, the these the farm league for the NHL, the AHL. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, it's for a person's a second, name. Yeah. For a second, I thought you were being sneaky sneaks because they used to the Stanley Cup wasn't always just the NHL Cup. It it traveled between a bunch of different leagues before the NHL was what it was. Uh, so I thought that's where you're going with this. I was like, ooh, maybe it's sneaky. No. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, I have no thunder on this. I've been to a few Wolves games, a few Chicago Wolves games, but that's about it. <laughs> that's as close as I come yeah. to knowing I anything about this. have an in from the art question. Is it the artist's last name? Because we all were researching the same topic. <laughs> is it Calder? It is Calder. There we go. Good. I did not know Full. that. I, I, could not, I would not have gotten that at all. Yeah. Uh, I, I am horrible at like sports historic trivia unless it's like records, like because I've purposely studied a lot of the records in the major sports leagues because they come up so much. Mm. But as far as like knowing who the first president of the NHL was, nope. Well, yeah, the the in was meant to be Alexander Calder is, I think, reasonably famous as a as a sculptor. He's got these giant mobiles and you have 100 percent seen them. Um, they're in like airports and stuff. They're just giant, slowly rotating, brightly colored pieces of things. They're super cool. But he just oh, yeah, happens to have the same last name as the guy whose name is on the uh, championship trophy for the AHL. So who is think- the Calder in the hockey context? Mr. Calder. Uh, Francis, <laughs> I think. Francis Calder is okay. his name. And was he like a famous coach or like a good player or like a... Uh, first president of the oh, NHL. First president. Oh, there we go. I know how to read. um yeah no i've actually seen a lot of those sculptures and i couldn't have told you who made them i used to travel a ton for work so i've been in more airports than i can count um and i've seen a lot of those they're really neat frank calder was his name first president of the nhl all right so that was that was me let's kick it to i have the wrong tab up shit (laughs) (laughs) sorry jeremy i stole your spot you can go Oh, you're good. (laughs) Um, All right. So here is mine. What mobile phone provider who could easily be described as a titan of their industry at this point was started in Germany in 1990 as a small outlier of Deutsche Telekom and has now grown to be the sixth largest cellular service provider in the world. Even without the 
keyword hint. I knew this one because they sponsor a bunch of different German soccer teams. So, oh, okay, that makes sense. That was my end to this question. The telecom yeah. part helps too. Yeah, I was trying to. I was trying to think. I'm like, okay, I know AT and T's American. Uh, I know it wasn't mobile. I don't know if they do mobile uh, prov- providing stuff. I know that Nokia was Swedish. I think. I'm trying to think of like just mobile phones in other countries, but I, I think based on what you said, I think we're on the same page. Calvin. It ain't Boost Mobile. I think that would be <laughs> T Mobile. <laughs> well, you uh, sussed out my douchey trick question. I purposely, if this was a live show, capitalized a couple letters in there. Um, I, I capitalized the T in Titan, and I capitalized the M in Mobile under the uh, what mobile <laughs> phone provider. Um, and yeah, it is T Mobile. I decided to throw a, DT, a DTQ in there. Nice. Okay. And I guess I am up next. And my question goes like this. Uh, some of you may know this. We've just talked about it, but that's the way keywords go sometimes. Artist <laughs> Alexander Calder sort of started <laughs> off as a mechanical engineer, but would be most known for what kind of sculpture? The term was coined by another artist, Marcel Duchamp. And some examples include constellation, cascading flowers, and <laughs> the third one, I could have gone with one of two directions, and Small sphere and heavy sphere, or the lace on the edge of your panties. <laughs> I think I know this one. <laughs> I think if you subtract the T from the previous question. <laughs> well, I'll say it then. If nobody else is going to say it, I think it's going to be mobile or mobiles. Correct. They are more specifically hanging kinetic mobiles. I have to look up to see them. And as Aaron alluded to, I think they're in a bunch of airports. They're also in a bunch of museums. I know mm-hmm. the SF MoMA has a few. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm uh, if I saw them, I might have, you know, the punch ball bumped enough to to remember. I don't know if I'd ever been able to put his name to that work, but I've I've seen works like that before. Like um, there was like a, a big moving shark that I remember seeing somewhere. But uh, and then there was one made out of like uh, like little pieces of tinsel that would move like a school of fish. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's him or not. He definitely has some fish ones. Yeah, I I've, I think I know what you're talking about. I don't know if I'd be able to name drop him, but that's just a blind spot in my art stuff, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Non-painting art is always a fun subject to ask about because people always assume it's 2D and there's mm-hmm. a lot of not like old not like greek sculpture three-dimensional art but like modern three-dimensional art yeah all right well i guess that leaves me with my question last a common tv trivia chestnut is that mash stands for mobile army surgical hospital other tv shows whose names or acronyms include chips ncis csi and what 80s sitcom that follows the tanner family and their house guest gordon shumway to be fair, some of those are initialisms, but whatever. <laughs> You're going to get, I'm actually to death over that. Yeah. I have a guess, but I don't know shit about TV, so it's just a guess. Yeah. I have asked a question about Gordon Shumway, so I am 100% on this one. But I'm with, uh, so then Kevin Aaron and I, let's try to figure this out. What's your guess? Is it Alf? That was my guess. All right. Jeremy, yeah. are you right? Yeah, uh, it's definitely Alf. Yes. Uh, From the planet Nomac. Yeah, and whenever you see the Tanner family, though, your mind—I I love that throwing that into that question because people immediately go to, "Oh, who is their guest on Full House?" Right, yep. Uncle Joey. That's, ex- that's exactly Uncle why Joey, I did Uncle it. Jesse. <laughs> um, yeah. 
So Michelle, the alien from Malmac. <laughs> My, I was trying to, at first I was trying to work around the man from uncle. And I thought that asking for what that stood for was too big of an ask. And it what the entire title wasn't an acronym. So mm. like it didn't really fit in my list of acronym stuff. So I had to I had to swap and I'm like, oh, Alpha has some fun stuff. Like they're they're the tanners and everybody thinks of full house. So that's why I went yeah. that way. I liked that. I and I didn't know that MASH was an acronym because I don't know anything about TV. Yeah. yeah. I just thought of eighties TV shows I haven't seen that could be acronyms. Yep. <laughs> yep. The uh the two big trivia chestnuts from MASH, I mean, besides their TV records are MASH is Mobile Army Surgical Hospital. And it takes place during the Korean War. A lot of people uh, misremember it as happening during the Vietnam War, uh, but mm. it is is historically set during the Korean War. All right. Well, that's uh, all four of our questions for the keyword challenge. Um, if you guys want to vote on who you think wrote the best question this week, that does not include Corey, you can go to quadriviapodcast.com uh, and tell us who you think. We will be hopefully fingers crossed, revealing the results of all of these at some point in the future. <laughs> but you could always visit us there to uh, suggest keywords and um, vote on who you think won the keyword challenge for any given episode. Yeah, we got to get on Corey. Maybe if we don't have them posted publicly by then, we should probably read them off on the live episode, which is a oh, thing that's going to happen idea. at some point. Yeah. All right. Well, then that brings us to uh, the game for this week. Uh, Aaron, it is Hi. your turn to present, it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, so did you bring us a game today? I absolutely did. So like I mentioned earlier, I do current events every week because I hate myself. And it was a whimsical <laughs> fun idea when I started doing it, you know, three and a half years ago. Um, I try to stray from things that are overtly political and things that are sad because people come to trivia to escape if they like. And that way I avoid the sticky situation. So these are 10 questions. Um, as we are recording this on October 18th, to peek back the curtain, um, I have one question from the most recent game. These do go back as far as August 20th because I kind of cherry-picked my favorites, but I'm going to give you the date that I asked the question if that helps you contextualize it. Um, and this is, I think, a pretty good mishmash. So if we are ready. I'm question, ready to go. All right. Question number one was from August 20th. Despite her clearly documented history of committing voter fraud, what activist was pardoned by Trump earlier this week, 114 years after her death? 114 years after her death. I feel like I remember hearing this, but I'm, I'm having trouble pulling it out. Is this the one? Oh, shit, I forgot her name. Seneca Falls? No, it, could be. it would be. It, it's definitely it's. Uh, the suffragette movement. It's got to be somebody that voted when they didn't have the right yet. Yeah. Oh, oh shit. It's either, uh, it's either Susan B. Anthony or Sojourner Truth, probably. I think, I think Sojourner Truth is the one who was, yeah, Anthony. Sojourner Truth is the one that was arrested, right? Or was, no, was Susan Anthony B. Anthony was the one that was arrested. Okay. She was like, yeah, she got fined. So I guess that would be voter fraud. I feel pretty good about Susan B. Anthony. Yeah. Yeah. We're locking in with Susan B. Anthony. But lock, the answer is Susan B. Anthony. Oof. Hooray. Everyone rolled their eyes. <laughs> Question two is also from August 20th of this year. It is a Mad Libs headline. I do these sometimes because sometimes headlines are too good to pass up. Steve Bannon was arrested today on his yacht off the coast of Connecticut for massive fraud relating to his We Build the Wall fundraiser. In what made it my favorite headline of the week, agents from what organization did the arresting? 
Oh, oh, I remember this. I totally remember this. I I don't remember this, but I desperately want it to be ice. Really badly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that one, I'm, I know it's not. Uh, Save, us, Jeremy. Guess. Save us, Jeremy. Uh, it's the United States Postal Service. It oh. was. Which really? I think is even better than ice. Yeah, right? Yeah. Apparently they have arresting power. Because <laughs> he was on a boat? I don't know. Oh. Yeah, I don't know why it was the Postal Service, but it was absolutely the Postal Service. And it was right around when uh, the, the false claims about voter fraud and how we shouldn't have mail-in votes and all this stuff was being thrown out there. And then, like in the middle of this, Steve Bannon gets arrested by the Postal Service. So yeah, I will ask questions like this that are politics adjacent, but are whimsical and funny and make people laugh because it's silly. So yeah, where the current event isn't the crux of it. Right. It's history that is referenced or poly- yeah. or like law that is referenced by a current event. Yep. Number three is from September 3rd of this year. Jerry Falwell Jr. left his job at Liberty University due to lascivious photographs and amidst rumors that his wife was liaising with what pornography stock character? (laughs) Pornography stock character? Is that a real person? I don't need the name. I need the the person's description. Yeah, it's the the title that he held their employee. Oh, gosh. So it's not Pizza Delivery Man, but it's the other one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You're absolutely on the right track. <laughs> What's um, the other one? Shit. <laughs> uh, not Plumber. Nope. We're getting closer. Uh, <laughs> pool Boy? Is it? I think, oh, it, I think it was yeah. Pool Boy. Yeah, yeah that's that's it was the Pool me. Boy. She was fucking the Pool Boy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> While he watched, nonetheless. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. the whole thing. Yep. But man, we can't let those gay people get married because the sanctity of marriage and all. (laughs) (laughs) Question number four came from September 10th. A little bit of a zig in this one from the last three. September 10th. Scientists think they may have figured out why cyclones around the poles of what planet stayed together in geometric patterns. The planet was already known for its storms, but scientists have been studying these cyclones since a NASA probe entered this planet's atmosphere in 2016. I think I have this one lights out. Is it, I'm, per, I'm I pretty sure I, I do too. I know what I want it to be, but I know really big what the answer storm. is. I think I might know what it is. That was my first. That's guess. that's where I'm leaning as well. Okay, Man. and that storm was the great the red, big red spot. Big red yeah. spot. Yeah. Yeah. So, are we going to say Jupiter? Yeah, let's lock in with Jupiter. I'm glad you did. It was Jupiter. And I'm really glad you guys picked up on the hints. Not everybody does. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, the funny thing is, I'm like, we also sent a probe to Saturn, but I think we lost communication after the pictures came back through uh, because of just everything, how messed up like the electromagnetism is on the planet. And then uh, just because you said probe, I wanted to be Uranus, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make a brief comment. I think I remember that the probe was called Juno which was the wife of Jupiter, a.k.a. Zeus. Yeah. And the NASA people are all super clever and they like mythology. It's because Juno is the only character who can see through Zeus's bullshit. So that's why, <laughs> they, that's cool. that's why they named Probe that. Oh, of course, his wife can. Yeah, they, they, ch- they sent his wife to check up on him. That's what the other <laughs> joke was. Question five was also from September 10th. It was your feel-good question of the week because I try to include at least one of those. After the sport's governing body refused to accept the team representing the Iroquois nation into a major tournament, the Irish national team for what sport forfeited their spot so the Iroquois team will be able to compete? For the Irish, it was no question. The Iroquois nation's relationship to this sport goes back to its beginning. 
I'm yeah, I think I know this one. I'll let you guys either tap out or talk through. I remember seeing this on Reddit. Like I remember <laughs> it popping up in the in the news feed that that like uh, it was like people people being awesome or something. One of those uh, humans being bros or something. I think it definitely fits uh... that bro context. <laughs> okay, I'm, I, I'm glad that joke landed, Aaron. <laughs> I, I liked it. I actually don't remember the story. I mean, because it's Irish, I just want to say, I mean, it, it, Irish you is involved. I want to say hurling, but. Oh, it's so similar. Well, I, the, what's the last bit of the clue? The Iroquois have been part of that sport. The Iroquois nation's relationship to the sport goes back to its beginning. That's the sport's beginning, not the Iroquois nation's beginning, although it might also. I'm not sure. Okay. Okay. So I don't know the history of hurling, but I, I don't know if that's a Iroquois sport. But if the Iroquois were involved with it from the beginning, it's got to be something. God. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> it's got, well, I mean, it's got to be. Um, is it uh, lacrosse? It's uh, lacrosse or. I can't think of there's no, I'm thinking of the one that the Aztecs used to play. Lacrosse. Final answer. That's my going with what Calvin said about the bros. <laughs> what do you got, Calvin? Because yeah. I like said my, my uh, guess was be hurling. In college, I lived in a house, or like half the house, were all uh, collegiate lacrosse players. Uh, lived with a bunch of lax bros, as they were affectionately <laughs> called. Uh, yeah, I'm pr- I'm very very confident it's lacrosse. Yep, it is lacrosse. Um, this was this was a really cool story. There was a it was a play in tournament for like the International Lacrosse Federation's like international tournament for 2020, and the. Iroquois national team finished third in their bracket and the Irish finished like 10th. And they said, you know, Iroquois nation, you can't go because it was like IOC rules. You guys don't have, you aren't a quote country for the purpose of country sports, international sports. And the Irish were like, fuck that. They are clearly better. They absolutely deserve it. Like you guys go. So it was a really cool story. And uh, I like feel good stories. So that was one of them. That's awesome. I like that. Feel good sports. I like it. Exactly. Uh, Question number six was from September 17th, which was the first week of the NFL. Before the Dolphins-Patriots game on CBS last Sunday, the Star-Spangled Banner was followed by a recording of Alicia Keys singing What Other Anthem, which lots of people had probably never heard before this year, and I'm going to need the name of the song. Ooh. Oh, I think I know what it is. but And uh, as much as I want to say the anthem by Good Charlotte, I I think it's something else. I'll I'll (laughs) let you guys go. Uh, Dolphins, Patriots, so Miami, New England. I, if this helps, I don't know the name of the song, but I remember it being referred to as the Black National Anthem. They don't get bogged down in the teams. I believe this happened before every game. The CBS one was just the only one that I had actually seen before I wrote the question. Got it. Is it... <laughs> Man, I just want to say Nina Simone. I, I like... You said Black Anthem. I thought Young Gifted and Black, but I don't think they would play that before an NFL game. I think that might be too deep a cut. Yeah, I don't know if it has a, a full name, but I, I, I was pretty sure it was just the Black National Anthem. Um, if it does have a full name, I would love to learn it. No, uh, I, 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 I would guess due to her wording that that's, the, that that's what we're looking for. It, I, don't, I don't think it's just Black National Anthem. I think, it's, I think that there's a title to that song, and I think we don't know it. Jeff supposes correctly. Are y'all tapping? Ooh, I think yeah. this might be our first one. Oh, no. Yep. Yeah, y'all have been killing it so far. Yeah. And I like Alicia Keys, too, so that kills me that I don't know this. 
It was I, a really I, I good feel- cover. The song is called Lift Every Voice and Sing. Hmm. Oh, a- I have heard that. Yeah. I would not have pulled it, but I, I have actually heard that, yes. Is that a traditional song or is that a song by like another artist from prior it's traditional you know? like okay. it was when i was in the chapel choir in college it was in our hymnal like it's uh, i don't know the history of the song and i really should and i'm embarrassed about it but um it is it is a historical historical song like it's uh, not it wasn't just dubbed the black national anthem in the year 2020 so it's great it's a good, good song um and yeah and that is something about black history that all of us learned today so fuck yeah we're doing good yay yay, yeah. <laughs> uh, yay. We've, yeah um this is what trivia is good for Question number seven, slightly different again, was from September 17th as well. I found this upsetting. What toy maker's historical brand line of dolls will soon include Courtney, a historical girl from the historical decade of the 1980s? (laughs) (laughs) Is that that American Girl? Is that the name of the the dolls that have like the... like? the era specific dresses and stuff like that? Or am I thinking of something different? Can, can we just stop and just for one second, historical decade of the 1980s? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Which uh. apparently makes, I believe all of us historical as well. Yep. Angela. Uh. That's it. It's, it's where Angela shops for her clothes. Cause she's too petite from the <laughs> office. Uh, I don't have a better guess than American doll. But I'm also uh, trying to figure out who Courtney is, whether it's a reference to a historical 1980s girl or. If it's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would bet that that's just a was a really popular name in the 80s, like a popular girl's name. Yeah, I, I, was, I, I uh, believe so as well. I mean, my in. guess would have been American Girl as well. I can't think of anything else. I mean, it could be Barbie. And Mattel, like an American but... Girl. Yep, it is American Girl. Okay. We, you could tell how confident we were about that one. <laughs> like, Three dudes. Or dudes. It's a girl question. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, American no, girl. I, I know they exist, and I know that they have like historical stuff. And it was just one of those like that would be my guess. The and I'd just be mad because I'd probably miss it. And it'd be Barbie and Mattel. But yeah, that's it when it comes to like dolls that I can think of. Yeah, she's um she's wearing a lot of neon. She's got a Walkman. She's uh, <laughs> you know, it's it was all of us forty years ago, thirty forty years ago. So. Cool. All right. Question number eight. September 24th, what Caribbean island, an independent British Commonwealth nation, has announced that it no longer wants to stand under the umbrella of the Queen and will become a republic by November of 2021? Oh, man. I'm really bad. What you found my weakest point in any trivia is I suck at geography. I've mentioned that multiple times on the show. I'm awful at geography. I always get scared of whether I say a country that's either from like the middle of the Pacific or if it's going to be in the Caribbean. Or and if I'm it's, like scared and completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, I, I'm trying to go through my head and think of Commonwealth countries or Commonwealth. Uh, I, I don't know if they count as countries or if they count as protectorates or if they count as territories. Like, I don't want to name a country that's legit, like a country with a flag that so, doesn't belong to anybody. Floundering. I'm going to propose Barbados. If yeah, I mean, the only it. thing I know, but for sure in, in in that area that is British is the Virgin Islands because they're the British Virgin Islands. Yeah, I like that. But, but Actually, they're, that's not, a better answer. they're not one. Co- I don't think they're one country. I think it's like a clump of countries. It's a Commonwealth nation. 
Is it? I like I like Virgin Islands. I'll go. I would I would say. I told you guys who are tearing your vests and rending your hair over the geography question that there is a pop music hint embedded in the question. Oh, it is Barbados. No, it is Barbados. There you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's Rihanna. Thank you. Barbados. Yep, it is Barbados. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I suddenly picked it up, but I'm glad I said that before you told me the hint. So at least I proved that I kind of new <laughs> yeah like cool calvin got it and then you guys veered away i'm like no pull back uh, pull back i try to mirror everyone else <laughs> away from my answer oh, <laughs> that's a good answer man come on uh, the third thing i know about on. barbados now is that's where rihanna's from their flag has a trident on it and it looks awesome uh and they don't want to be a commonwealth country anymore yep. adding to uh, the list like- of knowledge <laughs> yeah. And that's something else that I'll do is when it's a question like that, that most people are probably not going to have encountered because I had to dig deep to find it. I'll try to throw in a hint yeah. so I don't have to ask questions that make people sad. You, yeah. I was like, you could have said, stand under the umbrella, Ella, Ella of the queen. And that would have been a little more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little I, more I wasn't nose, sure. <laughs> I kind of, I tr- like, and when I read it, I spoke it a little bit more in rhythm, I think. I don't know if it worked or not, but like. I, I always wonder how heavy handed do I want to be? Because I feel like you got it. And I feel like there's some joy that comes with that uh, without being spoon fed the hint. So yes. anyway, good job. Question number nine from October 8th. The Supreme Court of Ireland declared that what fast food restaurant chain could not get a tax break on one of its staple ingredients due to the high proportion of sugar in that ingredient? I love this. I love this one. I know it's it a great fact. lights out. Yeah. Yep. I, I just another one. I don't think I've heard this before, but I mean, I've had a few guesses probably, but uh, if Jeff's got thunder. Yeah, I got thunder on this one for sure. <laughs> I had it for lunch today. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to, you're going to have to hit us with that answer. So the, um, I'd see if I could walk you to the insert. Um, what is a very common food stuff that would be used in a lot of quick serve restaurants like that a yeah, hamburger just bun? Think like that. Oh, but, it's a bigger hamburger bun, isn't it? Or it's like a, <laughs> it's like a big. Okay, I, I think I know where you're getting at. Do you? <laughs> I don't know if you do. <laughs> well, the staple the staple ingredient's bread, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's correct. Okay, and it's a. It's a fast food chain that uses a lot oh, of bread. Oh, I know what this. Oh, I do know what this is. This is this is Subway, isn't it? Yes, it yep. is Subway. I remember, I did hear about this. It was one of those things like there's so much sugar in their bread they can't consider it bread. Mm-hmm. With their big hamburger buns, apparently. <laughs> um, the issue was Ireland has a, a VAT value added tax for a lot of imports, but they don't have VAT on things like bread that are like staples that are necessary. But the way that they define bread has clearly uh, listed percentage of ingredients. So you can't have X amount of sugar because then it becomes cake or it becomes something else. It's no longer bread. And the Subway bread recipe has so much sugar in it that it is technically, according to Irish tax law, I think cake. I don't know. Yeah, I tried cake. to work a let them eat cake <laughs> joke in there, but I couldn't. But anyway, I thought that was a fascinating little little piece of law that uh, happened a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, all cake. And question number 10 from just last week, fill in this blank to complete my favorite fact of the week. Quote, Idaho potato worker gained TikTok fame for skateboarding down highway, drinking ocean spray cranberry juice to the music of blank by blank. And I required both the title and the artist. I know this one. Yeah, I know this one. (laughs) (laughs) 
I usually have trouble remembering Fleetwood Mac songs because they all like the names of them all kind of blend together and I can't mm-hmm. quite nail the intro. But this one's appeared in a couple of I feel like it appeared previously in another TikTok thing. It was like, uh, you can't dance to this song. And then I think some some marching yeah, band, true. some marching band like did a whole dance choreography to a song. It's a really good song. I'll just say it since we gave it enough time. Uh, the band would be Fleetwood Mac and the song would be Dream. That is correct. I thought, for a second, I thought you were going to say uh, landslide, and I'm like, that just sounds like the worst thing to like <laughs> skateboard down the highway to. Can't dance to that either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is another one that was a really fun story. This guy's truck broke down. He's like, fuck it, I'm going to be late to work. So he hopped on his skateboard, slugging his juice, and decided to put it on TikTok. And Ocean Spray bought him a truck. And like Mick Fleetwood, everyone and re- uh, not Rhiannon, uh, shit, Stevie Nicks uh, <laughs> recreated the video and it, this guy went viral and now he's an internet sen- – well, he might not be anymore because it's been like more than 72 hours. TikTok but he was sensation. an internet yeah, yeah, TikTok sensation because his car broke down. And Fleetwood Mac had the most success on streaming platform ever last week because of the song because of Fleetwood Mac and haven't been Fleetwood Mac oh. since streaming was a thing. But yeah, they were all over. It's like a couple weeks ago when those two guys listened to In the Air tonight for the first time. And all of a sudden, uh, <laughs> Phil Collins is back on top of the streaming charts because everyone was listening to In the Air tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's funny to think that like songs that we grew up with or if anything, our parents listen to a lot, like our like kids have never heard of. Yeah, and now like they heard it, so they decided to put it in a video, and then now all of a sudden that song's popular, and it's just like, oh, who's this new artist? Yeah, yeah. I look forward to when like NSYNC appears on a TikTok video, and everyone's like, wait, who's that? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, let me tell you. <laughs> I feel old. Yeah, right. Well, you're you're historic, according to American Girl. So, <laughs> That's right. Um, the historic decade of the 80s. Yeah. It's like when McCall, I also asked about what Macaulay Culkin treated, tweeted, hey guys, want to feel old? I'm 40. And everyone's like, fuck you, Macaulay Culkin. Like, good job staying relevant, but fuck you. <laughs> so yeah, that was my, my current events style round. So that's how I deal with sticky subjects is I make them fun or I try to. My regulars might disagree that it's actually fun. I like it. I, I like, like I, I like it a yeah, lot. Thinking about current events and I, it, I, a, I don't ask them, but B, I, I might kind of change my mind on the subject after hearing this round. I think there is some room to kind of add some fun, like maybe like exactly the way you do it, like um, relevant now, but still gettable if you don't, if you didn't read the headline. The, yeah. And the, the trick, like I've said, is always finding stuff that isn't going to be a downer. And sometimes... You know, I'll be very upfront about the fact that sometimes the emotional toll that takes on me is too much. I just, there's, I can't, I, I would rather punt on the category than open my news browser again. But a uh, quick shout out, I don't know if he listens, but Jeffrey Seguritan is this trivia maven who does a weekly current events breakdown. And he started doing it a while ago for trivia purposes. And he breaks just the biggest headlines, world news, US news, entertainment, sports, whatever. Um, and that is a huge source of mine. And I, I probably shouldn't give away my source, but it's really, he does great work. He's on Patreon. Everyone should check him out because it's a really great quick hit, like PDF, two slides of the biggest headlines of the week. And if, even if you're not like me, you're trying to come up with 10 things that aren't about fucking whatever Donald Trump's up to. It's, it's a way to keep abreast of what's going on, which is useful for playing trivia, but also just for being a world citizen. And sometimes you learn fun things. Like a lot of the stuff I learned from reading his, his fact sheet. So Jeffrey Segurton, Trivia, it's TMI, it's Trivia Mastery Initiative, I think is what he calls it. 
Um, yeah, I remember it's, when it's awesome when he used to post that in the uh, Trivial Warfare group, and I thought he just stopped doing it. I didn't realize he'd moved it to Patreon. Mm-hmm. I need and to I check that out. I believe it's pay what you want. Um, or if it's not, whatever he pays is, it's one of those things that just comes out of my credit card every month. And I'm never going to even like look at it because whatever I'm paying is more than worth it. Well, thank you, Aaron, for the awesome, uh, I almost said pop culture round, but current events round. There we go. Cause <laughs> my brain has shut down apparently. Um, all right. So let's, uh, wrap it up then. Uh, Calvin, where can everybody find you? This is a pleasure, like always. My name is Calvin. I host an online trivia game called Footnote Trivia. You can check me out online at footnotetrivia.com, and you can also sign up to play my games there. I've been Jeff with RMT Trivia. Uh, you can find me at most of the social places at RMT Trivia. That's Riddle Me This, RMT, not RNT. Uh, and I stream on Twitch on Thursday nights at uh, twitch.tv slash RMT Trivia. I am Aaron with Orange Cat Trivia out of Richmond. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch at Orange Cat Trivia. I stream, I think, I'm also on Thursdays at 7 Eastern, so I think, Jeff, you and I kind yeah, of over, hand off to... we overlap too, a little bit. We overlap. Oops, never mind. Uh, we'll fight to the death next time I see you. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but yeah, subscribe to my page. Um, I post random content that I find, cat pictures, and occasionally information about my game. So if you enjoy those current events, I do 10 of those every week. Awesome. And I have been Jeremy with Liquid Courage Entertainment. You can find me on Twitter at JerWG or on Twitch at twitch.tv slash LKJeremy, where I do uh, – I'm not doing trivia on there right now, although I, I would like to start up a show. So I've been talking about that and getting some stuff ready for it. Um, also do a Saturday night karaoke stream. Starts at 10.30 p.m. Central, so it's kind of late, but we go into the wee hours of the morning. Um, and before we get into the full uh, – outro for us. Uh, There was one more part of JP's email that I wanted to read out and kind of answer that uh, because it's a common question that's come up a couple times. And he said, uh, there's a lot of talk in the early episodes about a trivial writer's co-op, but after scouring the web for a link to a website, message board, discord, etc., I found nothing. Where is the writer's co-op located? Or was this some sort of inside joke on the show to flex completely over my head or that that fell completely over my head? I'm sorry. Um, no, it was not something that fell over your head. Uh, we are part of our trivia writers co-op uh, and we are working on making it more accessible to the trivia community at large, particularly people who run shows and write their own questions uh, and a way to access that. Um, right now, you can send us uh, emails, though, at quadriviapod at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at QuadriviaPod, uh, Facebook.com slash QuadriviaPod, and at QuadriviaPodcast.com. Uh, send us keywords, send us examples, send us questions, uh, and we will have more information soon about um, how you can join or at least find out more information about the Trivia Writers Co-op. It, it's kind of in transition right now as far as uh, our Discord or social media side of that goes. But we will have more info for you soon, promise. Uh, other than that, uh, Calvin, give us our weekly outro. What? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh. All right, see everybody next week. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Do you think the Postal Service's police cars are just mail trucks?
that are repurposed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just got some wine black stripes on that bad boy. Yeah, they put one of those like old school lights on top. They like plugged yeah. in inside the car. <laughs> a little bit of cigarette lighter. Yeah, yeah. I want to. I want to imagine. <laughs>